0: Hello and welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group Presents Investigating Angel, where we are going episode by episode of Angel and using them to talk about life things. Hi, I'm Omar.
1: I'm Chris. And I'm James.
0: That's right. We have a new voice on Investigating Angel, its previous study buddy, and now Investigating Angel... uh, Investigator? Investigator? Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Special investigator?
1: Special investigator. (laughs) (laughs) James Brent Isaacs. Hi, guys. How's it going? I'm good. I am happy to be here and honored and very excited to uh, be going on this journey with you guys now. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it and stuff.
0: We are on a quest to get a soul. One soul to share between the three of us. You know what? A little bit of soul goes a long way. A little bit of soul does go a long Mm. way. It's so true. Uh, but we're so excited! This is the big announcement we talked about last week. We are going to have James on as we're cruising through Los Angeles, up and down Melrose, up and down
1: Beverly. Uh, mostly downtown, though. Mostly downtown, I mean, a actually. Lot. Very it was little Melrose. Just downtown. But, yeah. mm-hmm, that stuff. That's uh, where all the scary stuff
0: lives. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you guys think that most of Angel happens downtown? Because like. Even in Los Angeles, people don't know what happens downtown.
1: Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it, it's mostly just because after 8 o'clock, nobody wants to go downtown. So mm. it's just like already quiet and relatively vacant in most of the areas. So shoot it's wherever just they easy want. to shoot night shoots for a vampire show. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's an easy place to shoot externals. Like they didn't have to like block off roads.
2: There's just no one driving.
1: Yeah. No one's going to no, be there. It's like this, this, is, this is pretty easily like we'll just stay away from Skid Row and we'll be fine. <laughs>
2: And if you're an actual vampire within the, you know, the reality of the world, there's tons of space you can kind of... Stretch out. Yeah, exactly. You're
1: really just kind of free to roam. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. That's where I'd go. Yeah. Uh,
0: I would also go downtown if I was a vampire. <laughs> okay would you take that airplane i would probably take that airplane there's a express shuttle from um the valley to, downtown. to the airplane to the airplane that takes you <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah, yeah that's where the shuttle is i it don't
1: takes... go downtown now as a human living person i wouldn't go downtown as a
2: vampire as the undead either it's just the worst i do love many of the uh bars downtown Many of the bars, there's more
0: than one, and there's one well, even there's to begin villains. with. there's oh well, okay, villains, sure, yeah, villains
1: tavern. It's like a little hidden one. Angel City, Angel City okay. Brewery is a good time. All right, it's yeah, I mean, it's I don't frequent it too much. My 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 personal spot is the Varnish. Um is that downtown? Yeah, varnish. yeah, it's this little speakeasy that uh, you have to go through another restaurant just to get to it, and it's very small and it's Ooh. kind of Prohibition era style. So it's really good to just kind of have a cool night with some friends and drink some really nice mixology drink. They have one of the best penicillins in, in all of the city. Whoa. I oh, have to go there. I don't, I'm not as See, downtown, downtown cool as you guys.
2: Yeah, downtown's great. I eh. don't know.
0: <laughs> you guys have changed my mind when I become a vampire. I will <laughs> definitely. Just give it a shot. Live downtown. Yeah. Um, Now we're going to be talking about episode 11 of season 1, which does also take place downtown for some parts. A
1: good amount, yeah. Yeah, Uh,
0: there's lots of crime that happens, lots of vampiric activity, Mm -hmm. and also some cases of mistaken identity, which is very, very exciting. So uh, without further ado, let's roll into it. Jim, hit the music. Alright, now let's say you were too busy figuring out the best way to carve crosses well don't worry because we actually have a little answering machine that is going to catch you up very quickly, this isn't a cram session like we do up north in Sunnydale this is just, we found the old uh, answering machine from Angel Investigations and so every so often we just click play and see kind of what voicemail is left for the episode, so let's go
2: ahead and give that a run really quick, click um, Hi, yeah, uh, uh, Angel Investigations I, uh, I got your number from the uh, newspaper, something strange was happening to me recently. I was, uh, you know, seeing a bunch of different crosses carved into people's faces and they were being killed and it was like there was some kind of... methodology to how it was happening and and maybe it was actually like this good vampire who was once a bad vampire who used to kill people in this way but then maybe it turned out that actually in fact it was someone that he sired trying to get his attention and now is in the modern day committing the same kind of murders only trying to get back at the very vampire who made him a vampire in the first place uh if you could call me back that would be great my number is 555 555 half five two more fives thank you so much bye
0: Wow, that was, so back in the day when there were new, people read newspapers. (laughs) Numbers were different then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The half fives are like you push, like, the side of the button. Exactly, Mm because there used to be three letters per number. Exactly.
1: Oh, see, well, I'm from the East Coast, so the half five was you'd press the uh, hashtag or, like, Super square thing as you press the yeah, you'd press the pound as you press the five, mm. and that would make it the half, half five.
2: the pound. Oh. Yeah, yeah he's right. Where are you from? East Coast? Uh Jersey. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Have we talked about that? Maybe or from New Hampshire. no oh. I try to bring it up at least once a
0: day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be the ongoing uh <laughs> just introductory every every time you guys are just like, wait, where hey. are
2: you? What? <laughs>
0: Great.
1: We'll circle back to it every episode. Yeah, uh, that'll be our mm-hmm. thing. Okay, Chris. great. That'll be great. Great.
0: Um, and as we're wandering into this episode, Somnambulist is the title of it. Yes, it is. Um, which we knew from years back. This was a priori knowledge that we didn't look up just before recording the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the act of sleepwalking, being a sleepwalker, walking through your sleep, being right? asleep and not laying down, but be, using your legs, but cruising, yeah. going mm-hmm.
2: for a little stroll, a little mm-hmm. sleep stroll. Yeah, cruisin' while a-snoozin'.
0: Cruisin' while (laughs) a-snoozin'.
1: Well played. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: Did you guys ever sleepwalk? You guys ever experience that?
1: You know what? Yes, but I can only... It's not... My brother, um, we used to sleep in the same room, and apparently I used to sleepwalk all the time. I'm not sure if he was just saying that, because (laughs) there were a lot of details to my sleepwalking adventures that he would tell me. We were also on the younger side at that point, so he might have just been making stuff up to, like... Screw around with me. But apparently, like, I would get up, walk downstairs, come back. Not sleep eating, just, like, roaming. There were a few times where I, like, attacked him in his bed.
2: Wow. His words.
1: Not mine. I don't remember any of it. We what? did fight a lot, though, so it's possible that some of it just kind of seeped in to the, to the like, psyche, self, like, subconscious thing and just reawoke in my... Dream state, but um, yeah. So I've had I've had a few incidences apparently that I cannot prove.
2: Wow. Was he the only one who gave reports of that happening? Like he's the, the only one. one. Okay, so it was no like one the else has ever. Nobody,
1: nobody else. No, no dorm mates in college or roommates since. Like nobody's ever had any like sleepwalking experiences with myself. Okay. So now that I'm saying all these facts out loud, I'm pretty sure my brother was lying to me
2: for years. Yeah, interesting. How terrifying the idea of walking down stairs asleep. I already struggle awake with stairs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like that's the best part because you don't know you're doing it. So there's
2: no fear involved. Right. I guess that... Oh, I suppose, yeah. You just wake up. Well, just the concept that, you know... I would assume that in a sleep state, you're not as coordinated because of the unconsciousness. But at the same time, maybe it's just that maybe there is like a waking self.
1: Oh, no, you'd be surprised, man. I got a friend uh, whose uh, husband actually sleep eats, like gets up Mm -hmm. out of bed Mm -hmm goes downstairs makes an egg makes a sandwich yeah <laughs> yeah. and like, like a fried egg sandwich. sometimes comes back to eat it in like in bed as well completely unconscious the entire time he eats time.
2: the fried egg sandwich in yeah. bed having made it turned off the stove mhm like turned the stove on lets it lets it hit the light uh yeah tick 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 t-tick. yeah wow. cuz that takes a little bit of finesse uh, Yeah, yeah it...
0: That's another thing I struggle with. Yeah. Well, yeah. That that's what that.
1: would freak me out is if if you like you're just so asleep that you turn, but you just leave the gas on instead, and yeah. then the gas is just going on in your in your humble. Oh,
0: jeez, that's so freaky. Yeah, that's
1: terrifying. Whoa,
2: how do they even make gas? Well, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I think it's like it's provided. <laughs> it's like in the natural world somewhere. Yeah,
0: there's um. like st- like huge. Storages As of like gas, gas pockets yeah,
2: where like in the ground, yep, okay,
0: yep, it's called <laughs> fracking, yeah, Is it? that's where we get a lot of gas from, oh. and it's not great, it causes no. earthquakes in Oklahoma, jeez, and lights your water on fire,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah it smells weird, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. feel great about fracking,
2: no
0: uh in fact, I would say I don't like it, speaking of people who don't like things, Kate.
2: It's not a huge fan of Angel in this episode. She's not. Um, she, I really, really love the character of Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she's not on the show that much. Sure. But I think that she's one of the things that gives Angel season one its identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that she is one of the only major recurring characters on the show so far who was only in this show. Yeah, like absolutely. Got, yeah, we've mm-hmm. got Wesley. And I love that Wesley kind of just sort of is here now. He's very well-dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, style. Just has it. Uh, but yeah, that's what I like about Kate, and that Kate also helps make it the detective series mm-hmm. that it is yeah
1: you know. it's uh it, in a way like having Kate around makes it even more of a network show than than Buffy was mm-hmm. that you have this like buddy cop kind of um subplot going yeah. on yeah which um as we're seeing now, especially like it's it's always been a tried and true formula, but especially now you're seeing it in a lot of network television. Um, where there's someone who's like got this really special gift, and then they're paired with a detective of some kind, and they solve all these murders and stuff together. I mean, we're seeing that we've been seeing it for years in Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Rosewood? Uh, it's there's there's so many now. <laughs> it's yeah. it's like a brand new It's like thing. the Sherlock model.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have you guys been seeing the advertisements for the Good Doctor? Yes, I'm, I'm a
2: pass on that one. <laughs> I have, but I immediately was, I think I was talking to you about it, right? Were we talking about it? I was like, they were like, all right, it's a show about a doctor. And he's really skilled at what he does. What should we call it? The The good good doctor.
0: doctor." But get this, here's the twist. He's a genius. I was like, that's not really a twist. No, well,
1: (laughs) well, the thing is, he has like, he's on the spectrum. And he has like, a spectrum within the autism, you know, Bale thing, and what's what's making me a little nervous about that show is that you have a character that is special needs to an extent mm-hmm. uh, played by an actor who isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, there's, there's a community there. There are there are a lot of actors who have special needs and yeah. are on the spectrum that could probably do a great show, and instead they've hired a very good actor right. who is not. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're kind of digging themselves in a hole on that one. There's, there's some bad press on the way with that.
0: I... Yeah like uh, there's autism in my family and i'll be honest i know this is how it's gonna sound but like uh, they're not geniuses like (laughs) it's like not like i feel like it's like oh if only i could catch autism i would be a genius and i'm just like no like my brother's like really good at playing music and he's like really good at like playing and understanding like music theory and stuff like that but i'm just like yeah but he's not like i don't know (laughs) you think it's a stereotype I mean, it's just, it seems like it's like the magical power of autism. I'm just like, it's not really a magical power. It's more of just like, really good at spatial thinking. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, so, I don't know. Like, I feel like it just becomes this thing where it's like, you can't interact with people, but like, that sacrifice of that. And I was like, no, like, you, I don't, this isn't been my experience at all. Yeah. So well, I guess it's different for everybody. I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. I think it's just because every example, except for like, um, I suppose like atypical on netflix with nick Dadani. he's a super cool guy um but like yeah like i i feel like every time it comes up where it's like this person's autism which means that they're kind of grumpy and they're a little bit of a douche but damn do they make a good doctor and i was like this just seems like a normal doctor this seems like a lot of pre-med students i lived with not super great with people pretty good at medicine (laughs) i don't see where that's like factoring in Mm -hmm. and it's like never like really part of this like the story or whatever where it's just like i don't know i don't know yeah we're what made like, you think of it from this episode uh we were just talking about television oh yeah and
2: like how <laughs> you well, guys ever seen <laughs> will and grace it's coming back <laughs> yeah. you know it's we're talking about tv
1: fall seasons arriving we got a whole new crop of shows coming up and yeah you, know, you know we just we, we go places i'm just saying reboot glee but make it the 1950s
0: whoa actually that was a joke but that's a pretty good idea that's a
1: great show every Thank episode you. is grease whoa
0: Whoa. which hasn't even come out yet (laughs) whoa Whoa. wait what uh but no i do like um i feel like there's a lot of like tv tropes and tv formats that i'm not a huge fan of um because i'm just like people don't really play with them a lot it doesn't really inform Mm -hmm. um the stories to impact or represent like my world and my experiences sort of like genius doctor shows i'm just like this doesn't seem real um but i love that in angel it's the like has a buddy cop element
2: mm-hmm. because
0: it does feel like he graduated from Sunnydale, even though Angel is much older than the characters in Buffy. Right. But it's like, he graduated out of the high school world of Sunnydale, moved to Los Angeles, him and Cordy, it's hard to meet people. And then this is someone that he is close with, but is like not really friends with Cordy. No, no, no. Uh, Kate. Okay. Oh, Kate. Kate. And the relationship he has, I'm like, this I feel like this in a weird fantasy way represents like in a weird TV represents the way I feel about like a lot of people like I've met where it's like coworkers, mm-hmm. like that person's a friend. And then later like, I mean that not like friend, friend where like we hang out all the time and I know their, their birthday and stuff like that. But it's like, we know each other, we work together, we spend a lot of time together. That's not something I experienced until like I left school
2: or like, you know, left like my hometown and stuff. I absolutely know what you mean and have actually been kind of going through experiences of that kind of recently too, where it's like, this is my friend. And it's like, well, maybe it's just someone you work with and you're positive and you have enough in common that within the context of work, yeah, you get along, but that doesn't necessarily mean that translates into the real world.
1: I'm, you know what? I'm actually going <clears> to <throat> um, go the opposite route on this okay. one. I mm-hmm. think they were kind of building... It was, I got the impression that they were building these two as a love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was gonna be like his kind of like you know Buffy's gone and now Kate is in my life but in this episode you get this uh flip this change like the relationship changes because this is the episode where she finds out that he's a vampire mm-hmm. right and this is like a whole she's finding out that all this stuff is real and that this person I mean he says several times he asks every time several times in the episode do you trust me mm-hmm. and she makes Aladdin it very style. clear yeah she makes it very clear that she does, and then he reveals this massive secret. Um, not when, not during the "Do you trust me?" conversation, but like it just so happens that she's there when he's vamped out, mm-hmm. and so now there's been this secret this whole time, and she like does not like that this has been held from her for a while, and is not sure like you know what this means, and it's it, it, mm-hmm. we're we're at a change now. There's
2: a rift. Yeah, right, and maybe she does not trust him. Nor really, it's like, the idea of trusting a vampire, or even knowing <laughs> that a vampire even exists, is, you know, hard for some uh, mundanes. Well, uh, I'd, I'd buy it. If someone came up to Babylon me, and, like their five, face
1: changed, and was like, hey, I'm a vampire, I'd be like, cool. Vampire, yeah. yep, that's
2: what that is. Mm-hmm. If they were like, hey, I'm an unsold vampire, I'd say, let's see the texts. Let me see... You want to see the receipts? Let me see the receipts. Let me see the, <laughs> the ancient tone. The tomes. soul receipts. Mm-hmm. Angelus, curse with the soul. Do you think, though,
0: that you feel this way because you've seen the show Angel, and the characters an Angel wouldn't have the benefit of that?
2: Yes. So... Because in Buffy, it's just like, you got Giles there to let you know it's true, and it's like, well, if Giles studied it, then it must be real. Right. In Angel you don't really have that as much. And with someone like Kate, who's not immersed in the occult world and is just kind of seeing the stuff for the first time. Although something that's kind of interesting, and maybe this is just TV logic in general, is like, if you've lived in... Does LA all of a sudden become a haven of vampir- vampire vampire acti- and demon activity because Angel arrives? Or was it all just happening before and Angel's just bringing it to light to the police? Why... Uh, this is more of a myth question that just totally...
0: That made me, this popped in my head, and then hopefully this can shine some light on that. Why did Angel move to Los Angeles again?
1: Um, I believe it was to kind of start going his own way. From okay. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is actually an interesting question. Because when the show was first conceived, mm-hmm. it was during, I believe, season two, um, when Angel had gone like full and jealous mm-hmm. and they were already like in the works of kind of creating his own spinoff and it was originally going to be because I remember this during an interview that David Boreanaz gave on TRL during the summer <laughs> after season two that's Total Crest Live in like, case you guys don't know yeah like when he was uh, kids out there yeah when he was like I guess promoting either he was in a movie at the time it might have been Valentine I'm not sure um, <laughs> yes, yeah so but he was <laughs> either promoting years. one a movie or I guess season three of Buffy and and Carson Daly was like so Angel's gonna get its own show and he's like yeah and so because in season two um Angel is thrown into a hell dimension Mm -hmm. and the plot of the first season of Angel was apparently going to be him like finding his way back to Buffy Uh, somewhere along the line this was scrapped I'm guessing uh, because season three happens and he sticks around for another season. Like, yeah, the the actual spinoff of Angel, I I believe, was delayed almost an entire year. And I could be very feel, wrong,
2: but you can kind of feel it in um, season three. Buff. Season three Buffy, it's like, and don't forget, Angel's still here. Yeah, he's and in. Then the tai obviously Chi. they write him in really well for the uh, the arc with the killer of the dead and Faith. That's yeah, where, like that really kind of the second best in. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that stuff is awesome. But beyond that, Angel really is just sort of a, a tag-along. He, he's kind of, yeah. Yeah. He, he's lingering.
1: Yeah. So I think this was just kind of the reason he came to L.A. was to kind of start his own thing, stake his own ground, do his own <laughs> stake.
2: Stake his own ground. And <laughs> <It laughs> not, be, not be too far from Buffy, I guess? Yeah. Well, I mean, because, yeah, you know, take away crossovers. You have, yeah. to be, you have
1: to be driving distance to have a good crossover. You do. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of um, Los Angeles mm-hmm. and people who are very common in Los Angeles now, Jeremy Renner's in this episode. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Right, Jeremy, not
1: just Jeremy Renner, but also Jeremy Renner's Soul Patch, <laughs> yeah, um, which is just—it's so '90s and so wonderful, and like, no, not '90s. I think this this is this one is like 2001. I think so. This is like post Matrix, um, which is important because they actually use a song from the Matrix soundtrack um, when Jeremy Renner is like making his you know shrine mm. in his apartment. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It, there are some fashion statements in that one. Um, it's great to see. I my biggest thing. out a few things. Um, God, because I because I made notes and stuff. But <laughs> awesome. um, Jeremy Renner is actually really interesting because. A lot of special guest stars on episodes, especially procedurals, you don't always see them very much after that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they kind of they're they're a star of an episode, and then you just never see them again. But Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye, and he's had a very long career afterwards, and it shows that he's been in the game for a long time, Mm -hmm. like way before Hurt Locker kind of made a name for himself. Like he had been all around. And also, he is, like, a very strong guest star. Like, he's one of the better actors to come across a show that to mm-hmm. be there on a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just, he makes an impression with you. He sticks around. Like, you see that, you watch the show, and you can see why he's, you know, who he is now.
2: hmm Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. And we get, you know, David Boreanaz and his Irish accent. Oh, which
1: gets me every time. <laughs> My favorite... <laughs> part of this episode was David Boreanaz's Irish accent and Jeremy Renner's British accent. Yep. Um, which is like, it, it's this young kind of boyish. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, God. I It was, it was, I, I did. I laughed. I laughed a lot.
0: If you guys had a vampire backstory,
2: what would it be? Like, what would be your um, Liam? I would be a Sicilian farm boy who was made into a vampire. Great. And then, like, you know, came across, like, came through like Ellis Island to New York City. At night? Uh yeah, stowing away in like the bottom of the ship. Great. Eating rats. And occasional like other people on the boat. Of course. Of mm-hmm. course. <laughs>
1: um, I would have been a newlywed, uh, married to the absolute love of my life, who on our honeymoon was killed by a vampire. Oh. No. And I became a vampire in tour, in order to hunt their kind, but then of course lost my way because you're a vampire, you turn evil. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that would have been that would have been my backstory of like it was motivated with revenge. That's right. good. become the monster to hunt the monster, kind of a thing.
0: I think I would I would be Belle. Just Belle's backstory. That you'd be Beauty the, the, the Beast. inventor's daughter. <laughs> yeah. And then like but it was like after beast dies of like a natural death okay also in this version of the story beast never becomes a prince again because i don't (laughs) i don't like that because he looked better when he was the he was way better as like a wolf werewolf as a as as,
2: like a wolf buffalo
0: and then also in the live movie they were just like at the end spoiler but like he turns back because he's like solved or whatever Mm -hmm. and then she's like do you want to grow a beard and then he like growls and i was like so he's still the beast then just make him look like the beast yeah, I thought the live action one was weird. I enjoyed so much of it, but the end part I was like,
2: is he still the beast? What about that song he sings? That was absurd. Oh, I sing that and song of will him... Never Leave Me. I think of it that song was every day. I Laughing so hard. I was like, This is too much. But the thing is the song the Josh Grovin, calm down. <laughs> it's the whole idea is
0: like when he says like she'll never leave me, it's like it, not like physically. Like, in his heart. No, yeah, he means,
2: like, emotionally. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like, like she, I Like, just... he'll think about her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: and remember when he's, like, a... Maybe like, that didn't need to be said. Remember Maybe when that... he's, like, a Frenchman? Like, they make him extra French in the beginning? <laughs> when you see the old animated one, the French thing is there, mostly through Lumiere and the opening Bonjour song. Yeah. But besides that, the French kind of vanishes.
0: I don't even think, okay, this is. I know that we're getting into like a Beauty and the Beast little side around here, but I feel like this is very important. I am confused as to exactly how French and exactly how English that world is for both the animated and live action.
1: Because I, I think that's just American productions <laughs> right there. Anything that is not American and outside of the United States gets a British accent. I have
0: yeah. such an issue with it. It just means Cause...
1: old. Well they yeah, were like no, even <laughs> German like if you see American productions that take place in Germany with Nazis, all of them are speaking with English accents. No. It's an entire <laughs> yeah. thing of just like <laughs> it, it represents that they're foreign, they can't. but it doesn't give them an accent that's hard to understand. I reject that. So it. it's it's that's why every Three Musketeers movie, everyone's British. Like no, this is this that's is a thing. so true. Mm-hmm. This is. is a thing. I have such a huge issue with that.
0: Like, I have it like I it's a thing where it's like if you want to have Asian American characters hire Asian American actors. I completely believe that. And it's like, A, I want a lot of my friends who don't get cast ever because they're minorities to just get these jobs that are like set up for them. But also it's just distracting when they're not. It's like a very distracting thing. Um and but that is like that core logic applies all around. And so I'm watching Beauty and the Beast and it's like well, we're not originally from here, Belle. And I was like, oh, he's, okay, great. They're going to explain that they're from England because they're both, like, speaking with English accents. He's like, we're from Paris. And I was like, you're not from Paris, man. (laughs) Like, you're not a French family. Like, this is not a French story, man. So I just have a thing about that.
1: Yeah. And then
0: also her books are all in English. I mean, I guess it's fine because, like, people read English in France, but, like,
1: I don't know. Usually, it doesn't stick out to me. It doesn't stick out to me very often because um, it's just a thing I've accepted at this point. It did get me in Wonder Woman though, when they go to that um, the German army like party, Mm-mm. and nobody's even trying to speak German yeah. at all. Everyone's just casually conversing in English, and I'm like, I get it. We're we're filming for a wide audience. But subtitles are a thing and people can read and that'd be, that'd be nice. There are kids watching. I get that. But, and, and it's it,
0: it, a little bit effort. You, the wallet can be German, right? Like people just in the back, like getting drinks. Like I don't need to know a cocktail they're getting. Yeah. And maybe I can understand it. Maybe I should learn a little German mm. to understand the background talking of Wonder Woman. <laughs> you could. I okay. could. Maybe they're worried of the
2: David Boreanaz effect. Which is which is that they'll just speak in an Irish accent that's kind of like... like You're worried that, uh, that they'll just be terrible. Well, oh no! Now you see a pen. If you go and kill your father, is that how he sounds?
1: A little bit. No, yeah. even less. It's <laughs> just there's a little bit of inflection on certain words. Not all of them. Like he's not it even it really fades in accent. and out. No, it's just certain words he makes he, he adds an Irish inflection, and that's it. Kate, you expect me to go in the car? <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest question about Jeremy Renner being in this episode is: mm. did this ever come up on the set of Avengers? Like Ooh, Joss Whedon is there. Yeah. He wrote the script, he's directing the movie. Here's Hawkeye, who did an episode of angel like did they ever just have a look at each other and just like hey man i see you
2: hey do you think you're that an angel.
1: Jeremy Renner
0: brought i okay by do you think i meant to say here's what i think <laughs> i think jeremy renner brought it up a lot where like <laughs> scarlett johansson was like i'm really excited to continue my ongoing role as black widow and he was like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. look <laughs> I was on an episode of Angel. Okay, so I think I know how set is run. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I want to look through the first movie again, the entire... I want to look through the first Avengers movie again just to see Jeremy Renner's hands and if he's holding that... And if at any point he's wearing that ring Mm -hmm. that carved the cross on people as just a little, like, Uh, wink to the audience, you know?
0: Just in the beginning, like, uh, in the the behind-the-scenes, it's like the hawk he's in his nest and he's like do it again i would know i was on an episode of angel take it from the top people to your one
2: <laughs> or hawkeye and his uh deleted scene sidekick soul patch which is just <sighs> jeremy renner's removed soul patch with like a tiny with a tiny little i'll
1: face.
0: help you hawkeye
1: <laughs> it is it is such a good soul patch though it really mm-hmm. it, it is a well manicured soul patch um here's here's the thing that came up for me while watching this episode. So mm-hmm. this whole thing starts because Angel's having visions of Jeremy Renner's character uh, killing people. Yes. Um They've decided they and he lets out like yeah no I mean there's always a bond of with someone that you sire like this just means that he's close or whatever so like you can get psychic visions of your of the person you sire when they're around. This never comes up though on Buffy when Cordelia's in town or Spike before they retcon that Um, like he had sired both of these people Mm -hmm. and and yet we never see any. No, not Cordelia. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Drusilla? Drusilla. Drusilla. Yeah, Drusilla. Um, so he sires Drusilla. God, that um, would have been useful. Depending on how early in the season we're talking about, he also sired Spike. Um and there's no Spike visions whatsoever sire, yeah then
2: they say he says you are my sire but then it's yeah. true yeah.
1: yeah it's
0: like a little bit of a vampire pyramid
2: scheme yeah
0: right like you sire two vampires and then those vampires sire two <laughs> yeah. vampires
2: he's his grandsire grandsire mm. <laughs> which is a term that is used that way yeah I love it Drusilla Grands-
1: was just paying it forward yeah Um. yeah but that's the thing like this is not something that ever comes up in previous episodes so this was a this was a plot hole for me that that it never
2: gets solved the that, vision concept yes yeah i think that the prophetic dreams in buffy are pretty uh, they just kind of throw them in when they need
0: them. it's kind of i remember like when someone's uh, i forget which interview it was but like they were like how fast does serenity fly and then uh joss was like at the speed of plot, speed of plot. right yeah <laughs> I feel like that's kind of just like how do the vampire powers And also I guess every vampire is different and like things so it's like yeah, but it is like a thing where it's like, geez, could have used that. Definitely could have used those sire connections. Like also if you sire like a million vampires, like are you just going crazy? Like you can't sleep because you're just like seeing all your little vampire buddies like going out and doing stuff. That's a lot of mental space being taken up. That's that's true. Do vampires dream of Electric sheep? <laughs> yeah, no, because the other vampires are taking up other dream mm-hmm. time.
2: Mm-hmm. Another Were you plot hole. To say something more clever than that. And no, I, I
0: honestly
1: okay. got stuck, and I'm
2: very glad you saved <laughs> me. <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to say. Another plot
1: hole I found, and yeah. this is infinitely smaller. But uh, we get treated to a montage in this mm-hmm. episode where uh, Jeremy Renner's character is putting together his massive plan to, like, you know, make his name for himself, and uh, he's going over maps and articles and things, yeah. and he's wearing glasses. Yeah. And this stands out to me because a vampire apparently has, like, all these heightened senses and strengths and stuff. <laughs> Why does he need reading glasses?
0: Oh, yeah, and there's one other vampire that needed reading glasses before. Oh,
2: the one who has the, the in season two with yeah. the judge. Yeah. Maybe it's to look cool.
1: Is it an aesthetic thing or is it like they just had glasses when they were like human and it's just something they can't like go of? It's like a phantom. Like, I just need to be wearing oh, these now. that's crazy. I, uh.
2: I know people who just put on glasses just to like seem cultured. But he's like by himself. Does a
1: vampire have that much to prove?
2: Um, nope. <laughs> uh, I think that he just seemed in that moment extra serial killery. By wearing these, like, chic glasses.
1: Okay, so it was more of like the a... the wardrobe person being like, put on these glasses, you're going to look super creepy. It's going right. to look great. Yeah.
0: Like, he was, like, at a coffee shop, and he was like, by the way, I'm planning, like, a lot of murders. And they were just like, <laughs> you don't look like the guy that would do that. And he was just like, what are you talking about? Of course, of There's course I would. There's something like, missing. Sorry, you don't really look like a serial killer. I'm going to do it. I don't believe you. <laughs> what if I got glasses? Then I would believe you. Okay, well, I have to go find some glasses.
2: <laughs> uh, Didn't I even get it? his coffee. yeah no it it basically i think almost any time that something like that comes up i think it just wasn't really thought of like we have all the powers that be interjections and oftentimes these visions that they send to cordelia seem random you know, like, yeah, and, like, the fact that the vision that they sent to Angel to go interfere in Sunnydale was about the Shumash tribe, which he didn't even do anything to help with, really. No, he just kind of like punched
0: them a little bit. Yeah, which, again, we still are not exactly sure how we feel about it. Oh, I mean, I think we know how we feel about it. We feel really bad about it. Wait, can we do a whisper thing really quickly? Yeah. This can't leave the podcast to everyone, but we were talking to Jane Espenson right after we recorded Pangs (laughs) at Comic-Con, and she was so, she's the best. Yeah. She's the best, and she's my favorite TV writer. She's amazing. And then we're like, we just did Pangs. And she's like, I'm really proud of that. And we're like, great. Ooh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> did you hear our session on pegs i did not hear the session on pegs we had super few problematic issues. we had a few issues with mm-hmm. it. like
2: the most problematic episode of i think anything joss has ever created i would agree yeah it's like incredibly <laughs> offensive yeah by today's standards and, and so should have been by those days standards as but well. like
0: she can't yeah so we were just like great that's great well, here's a library card, and she signed. She like drew her own face on a library card for us.
2: She's, awesome. she's
1: amazing. Yeah. She is an exceptionally grateful person. In terms of, she knows she's a writer, and writers do not get recognized anywhere. But yeah. she gets recognized, and she's always surprised. Mm-hmm. Like I was working in a restaurant, and she was a customer, and I was just said, "I'm a fan of your work," and she gets you know who I am? And like, we had a conversation. (laughs) I'm just like,
2: all of her past work,
1: what she was working on, I was like, yes, you've written for pretty much every show I've ever loved like growing up. And, And she was just like, this never happens to me. It happens a lot to her now. Yeah. But back then, she was just like, super grateful that like, anyone knew who she was at all. It was, she's, It's a fun time. She's Uh, a good person. That's
0: awesome. Ben Margulies, who was a previous study buddy as well, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I believe on the session where we discussed everyone's D&D alignments, um, it was a special little extra credit that we did a while back uh, he and I were at Porto's yesterday in Burbank California mm, yum. The r- Burbank the real Hollywood <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and we bumped into Principal Flutie and by bumped into I mean we saw him and we stared at him and then he moved outside because we were staring at him <laughs> and then we walked outside and I was like did you do work on Buffy and he was like I did <laughs> Like yes, you know I did, and I was just like we're huge fans, <laughs> and he was like, and then this is the best part. He went, yeah, yeah, yeah you guys, uh, you guys like watch all the episodes, huh? <laughs> I was like, you're completely correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you
2: watch all the episodes, yeah. but he was like, and he odd was just like, question.
0: He was just, it was. I think it was one of those things where it's like, ah, uh, you're one of those guys. Uh, uh, but you didn't he get a picture? Didn't get a picture. I, a pic- I mean, I don't want to bother him, but I was like, I went in. front. He was him. like, no, and he
1: put. I know you would have. Uh, <laughs> Actually, this reminds me. I think I saw him walking into a Trader Joe's last week. <laughs> he was out
0: and about. <laughs> he, yeah, he's
1: very active. Uh, the one on Ventura by Laurel Canyon. Correct. It was in a shopping oh, center.
2: Oh, my God. That oh, one. I know that one. Well, don't worry. I won't bother him there because that parking lot is one of the seventh layers of hell. It is tough. <laughs> it is tough.
0: Has anyone done Dante's Inferno but Los Angeles?
2: Aside um, sure sure from moving it's in the to Los Angeles? it's not. No. no. But I think they shot some of Dante's Peak here. Did they shoot some of Dante's peak here? I don't know. That's just Dante's peak. I just want to remind Probably. people about Dante's
0: peak. Oh, when the bone pokes out, ouch! The part that gets me is when they, like, the mist clears in the hot pool. The oh, kid's yeah. about to jump in and the grandma's like, don't do don't, it. Also, not. when the grandma's melting.
2: Oh, and the grand oh my goodness, when the grandma's melting. Yeah. she self uh, the grandma. Spoiler alert for Dante's Peak.
1: <laughs> I think you guys are confusing your Volcano movies because Volcano is the movie that's shot in LA. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's very that's true. That's the yeah. one Tommy with Lee Tommy Jones. Lee Jones where a volcano erupts in Los Angeles. In I mean, the city it has Tommy Lee crazy. Jones.
0: It stars Anne Heche. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: if goodness. we could just
0: shift... Investigating Angel into just the most inside L.A. jokes mm-hmm. and conversations, I think we will have discovered what this special branch of the podcast
1: wants. Well, to be. that's kind of low key what Angel is. It's a very Los Angeles show. It's true. With the backdrop of like the demons and vampires and things. It's like it's demons and vampires in L.A. like culture and society. Like yeah. It's a very like it is very much a product of the city itself. That's for sure.
0: Hey, that's really cool. That's, it is cool that, like, actually, and I'm thinking about it, it's, like, like something I love about, like, Neil Gaiman stories is that it's, like, London, but, like, the magic in London. And it's really specific to London. And I'm always like, why don't we have that? But thinking about it, like, Angel is that. Angel is L.A. magic and fantasy. And a lot of it would be, like, predatory, praying, people are anxious, stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. And, like, stuff happens behind closed doors or in shadows. So it makes sense that it would be a lot of vampires and, like, a lot of hidden demon things and stuff like that.
1: I mean, mean, they're, you know, what we come to find out is that the big bad for, you know, most of the series is Wolfram and Hart. Yeah. And they double as a law firm. (laughs) Like, what's more Los Angeles than people going... the Lawyers, cop. man. <laughs> it's because CAA was taken, right? That's why they couldn't like <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't do like
0: the crab, the antelope, and the anteater, right? That would yeah. be a little too obvious. Uh,
2: yeah. I'm just kidding. Shout out to CAA. <laughs> Shout out to CAA. Got any actors and directors and writers you want to bring on on this podcast?
0: I feel like that would be a bad move because they have such big fish to fry. <laughs> You're supposed to start with like smaller fish agencies, right? no, no, no. no. No? no you're gonna get lost in the sea
2: there's only one sea. <laughs> you're either in the sea or on shore i guess so i've been <laughs> i mean if i have agreed that there's only one sea yes but i don't agree <laughs> with that premise to begin the with the ocean is connected everywhere i've been <laughs> if it's not it's a lake that's not the sea that's
1: i've been true. dropped by so many agents and managers at that at this point no matter what sea you're in you're gonna drown
0: oh mm-hmm. whoa no matter what yeah. scene you're yes. gonna drown how yes. about that you can't one Can't breathe underwater <sighs> boom if you're sonic you can for a little bit well you he's not breathing he's no breath? you're right he's, he's not breath. breathing no.
2: the only people who breathe underwater are fish and that's why you gotta be a fish <gasps> you're either a shark <laughs> or you're a fish whoa wait and no a shark is a fish
0: Oh, okay a really mean fish hey i like that you're either a shark or you're a fish but guess what sharks are fish
1: I'm confused.
0: <laughs> Wait, that doesn't actually, I don't know if that's a, as encouraging
2: as I no, thought it would be. You're either a vampire with a soul, or or a vampire with a soul patch. Oh! oh. <laughs> People say it's about uh, the journey, not the destination.
1: That's what this episode is! <laughs> it's soul versus soul patch! See, I, That's I, this whole thing! This destination we finally is so got got to much the more, root. more important. <laughs>
0: Like, that whole discussion was complete rubbish uh. to get to that. <laughs> and people are just like, but did you have a good time during it? Honestly, no. I was in constant pain during that whole conversation until we got to <laughs> soul versus soul patch. And that's when I finally felt peace. Yes.
1: Guys, I think we have our hashtag for this episode. This yeah. hashtag, yeah. yeah. Soul versus soul patch. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about the fact that a good amount of this episode is just Kate falling down? Yes, we being do thrown need to. to the ground and not being able to get up for some reason. I, I am
0: not saying we should edit. That a supercut of Kate falling to Chumbawamba's, I get knocked down because it would be very inappropriate. Because I think the amount of times that Kate gets thrown to the ground it is a lot is inappropriate.
1: Yeah. It's it's at least there's a good like rule of threes with it in this episode. It happens it happens multiple times. I'm
0: gonna yeah. say something because it's three men, so let's talk about our viewpoints on feminism. Um, uh, I was thinking about someone said something to me the other day, and the other day was probably a year ago about Suicide Squad. And they are like, there's like a famous, uh, they're not a famous scene, but there's a scene where Captain Boomerang punches a female guard. A lot of people are just like, mm, that's kind of horrible to see, which it is. And I've heard a few people were just like, yeah, but here's the thing. Equality is like men and women get punched. And I was like thinking about it. And last night when I was hanging out with you, Brent, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about you, but it inspired me to realize like my counter argument, or at least my response, which is like, No I think the equality would be a man punching a woman punching not victim like both can be victims (laughs) and that's my response to that whole thing where it's just like but it wouldn't it be like across the board like men can hit whoever which first of all I don't agree with also I don't think men should hit nearly as much yeah, as maybe
2: it's just that no one should get punched
0: no one i don't think people should get punched unless you're a nazi right
2: but Nazis. um well i mean it's for the me, scourge for
1: right. me what kind of stands yeah. out it's this weird kind of like just ploy or, or once again plot hole thing of just they need her to be incapacitated so that the two vampires can fight mm-hmm. otherwise yeah she's a person with a gun so they have to find some way to like get her out of the way so that they can like. But they just
0: write like a different plot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like
1: write another way for her. But it it she becomes this like damsel in distress thing, which is which is something that like, not so much the damsel in distress part that that bothers me. But th- this is something that actually going back to that this is a, a thing with a lot of television shows now. Um, that I'm not a huge fan of is that you have this buddy cop thing where one's a police officer and one is not, or like one's a detective and one's yeah. not. Yeah, one and plays so, by the rules, one is yeah, out of the books. Yeah, and it's always that the detective is a woman and the person who isn't a detective is this dude who's like really good at this particular set of stuff. Yeah. And what gets me is that This detective is always a young woman, which is, it's not the youth that gets me. It's actually what this adds to the girl, the actress's character, is that she is so young, she's already in this position. That means she's really good at her job. Yeah. She's very good, very skilled, is very capable of doing her thing. And yet, every episode, she needs the help of a man to, like, help her solve this problem that she just can't do on her own. He's not a family of cops yeah this is this is just some guy that comes in to save the day because she just can't do it on her own yet and that's that's a dynamic that's that's kind of plaguing the network system right now and something that bothers me a lot um yeah they don't go into it too much with this show i think it's 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 a combination of you know she's a potential love interest um, but he's also the superpowered guy that's fighting other superpowered people. They just don't deal with her very. They don't find things for her to do very well. It's not, I wish he was more know. like Watson yeah.
0: in BBC's Sherlock, where like in the first episode he takes the shot, mm-hmm. and it's just like, no, oh, he's here. Like Sherlock does the thinking stuff and can also fight, and Watson does the thinking stuff and the people stuff and can also fight. And it's like, but what problems can they both face? The ones where they both are required to utilize their full skill sets and those skill sets work together it totally is a thing where it's like this i hesitate to say mary sue-ish situation but it's like angel can do everything Mm -hmm. in fact later you find out that he has perfect memory Mm -hmm. and it's like he angel can do anything and it's like great so pair him with someone who also can do anything and then make the villains like super crazy and it's like well his partner like can do a few things it's like no i think his partner can do a lot of things yeah Like, you know, maybe not heal as fast and stuff like that, but yeah. I don't know. That's something I really enjoyed about Jessica Jones. I was just like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're setting up situations where it's like, I didn't feel like she was cheated out of powers. I was just like, there was a person across, even when she was in Defenders, I was like, great. It's like, someone's like, there's a bunch of people and then she's just throwing them through walls. And I was like, make this all checks out. (laughs) I don't feel at any point, like someone had to throttle back just to like pace out the story. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, with Kate, it's like a thing where it's like, I think she could do it. I think Kate could have her own show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, Kate's not part of the main cast. Yeah. She comes in every so often. But at the same time, when she does enter, just because she's not a super-powered person, yeah, it doesn't mean they need to have her just getting thrown to the ground a bunch so the boys can fight.
0: Yeah. I And it's also like when shows and stories are just like, Everyone can do, like, everyone's a hero. Like, mm-hmm. I would even extend it out to like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. And maybe even a little bit of like the greater Marvel universe mm-hmm. where it's like everyone could be a hero, but then it's like Falcon will be a hero up until a point because it's mostly cap story. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, but a little bit of that goes against the ethos of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not so much, it's not so intense. I, at least I feel, it's not so intense in the Marvel films. as much uh because it kind of gets folded into the plot which is own problem but yeah it's like in this it's just like she can't because then she could just do it she could just like end the episode Mm -hmm. right at the beginning of like i'm a great detective and i'm gonna shoot the bad guy yeah it's great i solved it it.
2: yeah when she skewers angel to stake pen yeah great moment
1: yeah that was good because that's the thing this is how this is the redeeming part of this episode is that she does save the day. Yeah, like She's the one that gets the kill. She's the one that beats the guy. Like, yeah. she, you know, she gets thrown around for the episode the whole time and you're like, what, <laughs> why, why? Mm-hmm. But then she's the one that, that picks up that large ass piece of wood mm-hmm. and takes the guy out in the end. Like she, it's, it's, it's her, it's her win. It is.
0: It's still angel filled with badass people. <laughs> so yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I thought that, <clears throat> so, the alcoholism metaphor about Angel. Yeah. Which I always find interesting in the idea that, like, he's... He was a junkie on blood a recovering before, addict. yeah. Yeah, he's a recovering addict. And what I found interesting about a line that Penn said in when he, like, very easily fools Cordelia, which I found kind of... I feel like they're still not They're quite really letting... throttling back Cordy. Yeah, Season 1 Cordy. I mean, I love... I love Cordy because I love that character, but I feel like season one, Cordy, is just like
0: put me in coach. Rewind it back to like episode one, Cordy, and then we're talking where she's just like, you're a vampire. Yeah. You know, like I like mm-hmm. that Cordy, where she's just like super
1: on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the, I love that Cordy's in the show. I love that Cordelia is like finding stuff to do in Angel. I, I I hate why Cordelia moved to Los Angeles though. To be an actress. To be an actress. Mm. Because here's the thing, you know, I mean, I'm an actor. I moved to Los Angeles to be an actor. But I also, like, went to school and stuff to be an actor before I moved to Los Angeles. Cordelia's character is this person that was told she was really hot in high school a bunch of times and was just like, you know, a lot of people think I'm attractive. I guess I'll go try to be an actor. That's a thing that happens, and I hate that. That is a real thing that happens in life.
0: I did and not it even it angers me. Realize. It infuriates
1: yeah. me. Like, that's that's her mental thing. It's not like she was like, I love
0: acting. I was in theater. Harmony and I used to do Antigone. It's like... No, because that <laughs> never
2: happened. I mean, she performs in the talent contest. What did she do again? She sings a song. Yeah, she did sing the song. It doesn't oh. count. It
1: doesn't <laughs> count. She has virtually no experience, and she's just like, I'm pretty. I can model with words. No.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because it's like her family's fortune collapses in like a Bernie Madoff style way at the end of season three. And so when she moves to LA and she's like, you know, she's stealing sandwiches from the parties that she's going mm-hmm. to. She's just like completely, it seems like, disconnected to her from her family to the point that she's like living in pop Like, like outward, yeah. object poverty. Uh, and that, I think that there's something I like about The Cordy as an actress, which is that it ties us to it being an L.A. show for like those of us who are in like show business, it's like she's our kind of avatar, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, everything that you just said also stands, (laughs) which is that isn't, it's a little out of the blue for her, and that wasn't anything that had anything to do with what she wanted to do for all of the Buffy show. Yeah. Um,
0: also, she's like a I don't know, like because she's like one of her main characters, and it's not like a gag. I would kind of love it if Cordy was legitimately a
2: great actor. Yeah, and like that, and was just struggling to get cast. Also, like if she they was mock like how bad she is. Yeah,
0: and I'm just like, well, then she shouldn't really do it. It's like me being most jobs <laughs> you wouldn't want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, are you good at upholstery? Nope. Well, let's watch him make a bunch of crappy couches. Like that is not a great mm-hmm. choice or like framing focus. Yeah,
2: this is that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. One question too before we uh, wrap up this discussion mm-hmm. is Wes. I know it's his first episode as a cast member. Yeah. How do you feel like he's settling in? Do you miss Doyle? What do you think?
1: I I can I vividly remember watching the series when it first came on and still being very still not quite understanding that Doyle was gone for good like I had yeah. not really figured out that like all right so we died in this previous episode but he'll be back right he yeah. was a series regular he's not showing up in the credits in this episode okay but that's fine I mean like he'll come back be- like why start off a series and then be gone less than 10 episodes in that makes no sense And so I I hadn't quite bought yet that Wesley was, like, here to stay. I was Mm -hmm. still, in this episode, I was still in a Doyle will come back in some way. Mm -hmm. Wesley's only here for a little while kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and Wes isn't fully working for them. And so he's just kind of lingering. Yeah. So it's just like... Yeah,
1: Cordy still calls him Rogue Demon Hunter in this episode.
2: It's still a little odd that he's there.
0: He hasn't fully become like the watcher of the group sort of situation. No.
2: Yeah. And even though, you know, I don't think this is much of a spoiler to say that, you know, Wes will be a character on this show. For yeah. A while. Um, and you will come to adore at least I come to love Wes. He's one of yeah. my favorite characters in, no. in either series But what's so funny about Wesley coming over as a character was he wasn't necessarily a popular character on Angel. No. So it was like they bring him... It's a very
1: Arrested Development moment of just like, him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that obviously we'll see where the show goes, but it's funny that it's like, I'm I'm putting myself in the shoes of someone watching Angel and still being kind of like hesitant about it and the fact that like wesley of all people shows up is like yeah, yeah
1: cuz i i loved doyle doyle mm-hmm. was my favorite character on the show until the episode where he died and i i was very emotional that episode when yeah. he bought yeah. it like it was it was a really great exit I, I I loved that character so much and I just refused to kind of let it go that he was gone. So I think there was a part of me that was kind of mm-hmm. projecting onto Wesley of just like, you shouldn't be here. It's like a new doctor. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, Matt Smith, get out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel similar to everything you guys have said to be completely honest. Uh, and I guess one thing to just put a cap on it before we get to our Los Angeles lesson is I... We've said a lot of stuff just now in this little cluster. And one of my favorite things about Angel is that they aren't trying to make the right, perfect, clean moves. Mm-hmm. And that makes the show a total sandbox to play in. Mm-hmm. And that as the show continues, there'll be choices with these characters that come completely out of left field, but you won't see in other TV shows. Because yeah. you're just like, whoa, all right, okay. It's like if you're watching Breaking Bad and out of nowhere... Uh, uh, Walter White was like you know what I'm gonna go fight crime and then just mm-hmm. goes and fights like you can't do that in Breaking Bad no. but in Angel you can do like anything because they're just like this is so loosey goosey free freeform and that's one of the best things about the show is like you'll see choices even later this season where you're like wow wow you guys decided to do that you like constantly like are breaking a mold because there's not even really a sense of a mold mm-hmm. where it's like so it's like Batman in Los Angeles like eh, I guess but not really it's whatever we want This episode is Spider-Man. Next episode will be Mad Max. Who cares? (laughs) So, all right. That is our first bell, which means the security has found out that we've broken into the Central Library of Los Angeles and they are looking for us. Dennis, please hold that door while we do our Los Angeles lessons, which is a lesson we've learned that applies to living in Los Angeles from this episode. Chris, what's your Los Angeles lesson?
2: My Los Angeles lesson is no matter how... Clean someone's suit and sole patch, maybe. Just kind of, you know, when you're dealing with sensitive information, take it moment by moment. That's a good point. Don't just pour it all out. You never know who you're talking to. Uh,
1: my Los Angeles lesson is that the Los Angeles newspapers are super fast to print <laughs> because in early in the episode, when he still think, when Angel still thinks it's him that's killing these people, they chain him to a bed Uh, because apparently these murders are happening in the pre-dawn hours. And so they sleep. So he sleeps through the night and Cordelia walks in as soon as he wakes up going, well, there was a murder in the papers and you were here the whole night. So it wasn't you. And my whole thing was, how did the newspaper find out about that murder with enough information to write an entire story about it before printing? (laughs) When newspapers traditionally are set to print and delivered in the pre-dawn hours. So that that was my lesson that the, the newspapers in Los Angeles run very very fast.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My Los Angeles lesson would be if you are getting to know someone, check if they're a vampire. <laughs>
1: This is kind of my biggest yeah, takeaway. It's, it's, right. <laughs> it, it's simple. It's yep. it, it's effective. And
0: I think that that was just a very important part of this episode. All right. That is our last bell, which means we need to get going. Thank you so much for joining us of our discussion of episode 11 of season one, Somnambulist, which again, as we all know, means sleepwalker. And we as all our, knew that. We all knew that. And we
2: all knew how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to look it up or YouTube it. It was that uh, Somnambulis.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh James, where can they find you for future things? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at uh, James, James, James. It's my name three times. The last James has six A's in it. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at thereal_jbi. underscore JBI.
2: And as the tap dancing dog goes in the background, we're going to find my... you, Chris. Hey, guys, I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me as a Montiac on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find me every Thursday on The Gauntlet on Hyper RPG as a Montiac as well. You can find Omar and I on the Buffy RPG that happens on Hyper on Tuesdays. Uh, you can find me with Robot Teammate, which is my musical improv group. We are doing our musical turbulence in LA. Uh, and yeah, I mean, no, no, we're not doing it in LA. We're doing it in New, New York. York. A different city. We did it in city. LA. Sorry, but you can look up Turbulence LA, which is the official Twitter for it, but we are bringing Turbulence LA to New York.
0: And I'm Omar. you can find me, at Omar on Twitter. And also, I have officially kicked off 13 Days 13 Shorts teaser season. Ooh, I the love count the teaser countdown season. to 13 Ooh. Days 13 Shorts. So if you could be so kind and send anything you consider, any word or category or phrase that you associate with halloween or autumn send it to at 13 days 13 shorts or use the hashtag 13 days 13 shorts the number is one three for those it would be very much appreciated because on october 1st we're going to decide the 13 themes that we're going to have for 13 days 13 shorts 13 days 13 shorts this year and it can be anything this is a totally free and fun festival so if you're like stranger things and we pick it we're not we can't get sued so <laughs> throw anything you want in the bucket the bucket is a jack-o'-lantern bucket so mm-hmm. and it will be picked from on the first
2: I love Stranger Things, by the way. Should we do a Stranger Things podcast?
0: Again, you can. Anytime you suggest a podcast, that's always my answer. All right, guys, we're going to close out (laughs) the studio because the dogs, they send in the dogs to chase us out of the Central Library of Los Angeles. So we're going to roll out. Thank you so much again for joining us for Investigating Angel. Next week, we'll be back up at Sunnydale talking about what's going on at UC Sunnydale and the fallout of the events of Hush. It's a lot for uh, Buffy and Riley to talk about. So remember, guys, hashtag Summer Riley, and we'll see you next week. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you then.